Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Feldman, and welcome to What Women Must Know. Uh, I, you know, I just want to say I'm so grateful to have you as a listening audience because this is such a wonderful opportunity to get important information. I, I always like to say about the show that it's about empowering you with truthful information so you can make informed decisions. And uh, that is uh, our greatest gift, is being able to have an open mind so we can learn and make the best decisions regarding our own health and well-being and the well-being of students, family, and friends that we love. So we have another fantastic conversation and an opportunity to learn more about how to optimize our health and well-being. And there are so many great options available to us. As we keep learning, as we keep expanding our horizons, there are just more and more possibilities available of how we can heal ourselves, transform our health, improve our well-being, and I'd like to say expand our longevity. At least be able to stay healthy and vital to our very last breath. And I have a favorite saying of mine that, you know, when I when I transition, when I die, I want to die healthy. So until that time, I want all of me to be feeling vital and healthy and uh, pain-free. So, so far, so good. And that's why I share I share these wonderful interviews with you. And today is another um, very profound conversation. I'm here with Dr. Scott Share. We're going to be talking about the power of methylene blue for depression, memory, neurodegeneration diseases, and more. So if uh, you're curious about what this is all about, which I'm sure you are, stay tuned because it can change your life. And a little bit about Dr. Sher. So Dr. Scott Sher is a board-certified internal medicine physician certified to practice health optimization medicine and a specialist in hyperbaric oxygen therapy. He is the Chief Operating Officer of Health Optimization Medicine and Practice, and, 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 which is a nonprofit company pioneered um, training doctors and healthcare practitioners how to detect and correct the root causes of health, not disease. He is also the CEO of Transcriptions, a line of buckle trophies that are democratizing enlightenment <laughs> By addressing the bottlenecks along the path to optimal health, Dr. Scott's clinical practice includes health optimization medicine as its foundation, plus an integrative approach to hyperbaric oxygen therapy, targeted supplementation, personal practices, and synergistic technologies. So if that has you curious about my guest today, then stay tuned because we have a great conversation in store for you. So, I am so happy to welcome Dr. Scott Sher to the show today. So, Scott, thanks for coming and sharing some really profound and life-changing information. Thanks for having me, Cheryl. It's nice to be here with you. I think uh, part of your longevity is not living in America and living in a small town in Australia, but maybe that's just me. (laughs) Part of my longevity is exactly for that reason. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Um, you know, anyway, lots of sunshine, right? But we all know how important sunshine is for our health, so I have lots of sunshine here. Um, Indeed. Scott, before we jump into um, 
this really interesting conversation about method and glue, uh, which I have been investigating. And uh, a couple of months, I, months ago, I had a guest talk about method and glue for the first time. And um, I, I brought you on because um, I, I think there's more of a conversation that's needed to understand this amazing uh, opportunity we have to regenerate ourselves. But before I go there, I, I'm always so curious to know about what was the journey that you were on? Uh, you know, you, you were trained as a traditional medical doctor, and then somehow you got off <laughs> into this world of health, mm-hmm. of truly understanding health and um, regeneration and, and staying on the leading edge. What what was it that turned you in this direction in your life? Cheryl, sure, where are you from originally, might I ask? New Jersey. I was thinking you were Jersey. I, I could tell how you were saying hyperbaric before you did Jersey or New York. So oh, I grew no, up. I, I grew tried up, to hide that. Oh no, you, not from a, not, not from a fellow New Yorker. You can't. I'm from a fellow <laughs> tri-stater, I should say. Uh, I'm from New York. I grew up on Long Island, and uh, my father is still practicing for 40 plus years. He's a chiropractor, and so this is how he knows Gary and uh, some of your network for many, many years, actually. And so he was kind of a a very significant influence on me since I was a kid and and looking at things outside the box. And so I grew up in his chiropractic practice, again, which he still has on Long Island in Northport, New York, and decided to go to medical school, though, thinking that I had this sort of high-minded potential for bridging the chasm, the very large chasm between conventional and really at the time it was called alternative medicine. There was really no delineations between different types. But, you know, chiropractors really were the the OGs uh, with, of, of alternative healthcare, <clears throat> at least one of them. So um, I went to medical school and decided to specialize in something called hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And this was an interesting field because it was really something that actually did bridge the, that gap. It was There was conventional indications for it. There were indications that were much further outside the box as well, uh, treatments of everything from cancer to stroke uh, to dementia that was not being done in the U.S. with insurance, but it was actually being very well, uh, very well done outside the United States. And so I created an integrative practice around hyperbaric oxygen therapy about a decade ago and really created from there more of an understanding of how this particular therapy, hyperbaric therapy, could be used in a lot of different types of contexts. But as my journey evolved, it became very clear to me that although hyperbaric therapy was a great tool, it wasn't available to everybody. And I really did need a foundational approach to the way I worked with my clients. And I thought about functional medicine for a while, uh, but I really didn't feel aligned with it. And then I met a colleague and a mentor as well. His name is Dr. Ted Ochocoso. And and Ted had created this nonprofit organization called Health Optimization Medicine and Practice. And as you read in my bio, it's, it's kind of a foundational approach. Uh, it's the foundational approach that I was looking for. It's not directly related to looking at the root cause of disease or illness. It's more the root cause of health, which is optimizing cellular mechanisms and cellular metabolism, looking at something called metabolomics, which is real-time cellular mechanisms, and you can actually measure these things now. And so I got very involved in a nonprofit organization in starting to train doctors and practitioners on how to optimize health using a seven-module 
certification course, which you can find at homehope.org if anybody's interested. And this is the kind of piece of the practice that I have been missing for many years. This is what I use as the foundation to what I do on my hyperbaric practice. But I use lots of different tools, technology. I have a pretty good, good network of, refer of, of colleagues that do various kinds of interesting things around the globe. I was in the Bay Area for many, many years in California, and so a lot of my network is still there. I now live just outside of Boulder, Colorado. But, um, but it's, really, it's been a great journey, and I think that the, it all started from when I was a kid and not really having any box that I needed to stay in, and uh, I definitely don't still have one now. <laughs> well, you're my kind of guy, I'm going to say. You know, I, you have to have such an open mind because the world is filled with infinite possibilities, right, and infinite possibilities in all, in all ways, in all areas. And certainly healing and rejuvenation um, is part of that world of infinite possibilities. And um, staying open and curious leads you to some interesting places. So it has led me to you and it has led mm -hmm. me to this fascination with um, methylene blue. And I, I, I have to say that um, my first introduction to methylene blue, I think Dr. Zelenko was talking about methylene blue when the whole COVID pandemic was happening. And then I yep. was, um, so I, I, I heard that word. I didn't know what it meant. And there were some other practitioners who were mentioning it. And um, I listened, I was at an event where Dr. Peter McCullough was speaking and he was giving a list of the protocols to do to help recover from COVID. And he mentioned methylene blue, didn't say much about it because I don't think he really knew much about it, but he added it onto the list and it's like, okay, I heard that word again, right? So mm -hmm. um, that led me to be curious to learn more. And uh, and so I have been, and um, it's it's a pretty you know it's a pretty interesting uh, modality I would say for uh, many things. But what really got my attention is its role in regenerating the mitochondria. So mm -hmm. uh, and we've talked about the mitochondria in my podcast before, and um, I'm I'm a long term what would you say student um, from. Uh, the work of Dr. Jack Cruz, right? I've had him on my show several times, and oh, that, nice. that, okay. changed, uh, that changed so much of my life and understanding more about this journey of the mitochondria. And we know so most of chronic illnesses have a mitochondrial issue. So maybe we can start there and helping people understand, first of all, why we want to focus on regenerating the mitochondria, which leads us to methylene blue, but maybe just give a brief definition of what our mitochondria are and um, and why that's um, why they're so important and why that compromised functioning or the or the death of mitochondria leads to so many health problems yeah sure I mean I think uh, the one part of the story that I left out just to kind of wrap that up is that the the nonprofit organization health optimization medicine and practice we're training doctors and practitioners, but when you're optimizing health, it takes a long time to do this oftentimes, mitochondria included, which I'll get to in a minute. And while you're on the process of optimizing your health, it's really important to be able to have things that can help you along the way. And one of the major things that we were looking at um, as a company, we just, as we created the company Transcriptions, was how can we help optimize or at least improve mitochondrial function along the way, because the, the, the issue is that probably it's about 95% if you, 
if you add it all up, of the U.S. population has some sort of mitochondrial dysfunction. And it's pretty dramatic. And this is from everything from metabolic disease, um, which is obesity, hypertension, the usual triads of things that happen with metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, uh, with, uh, with toxicity, with infection, uh, with inflammation, post-infectious inflammation. About 90 to 95%, at least of the U.S. population, has some element of mitochondrial dysfunction. And this is a big deal because, you know, mitochondria are these bacteria that, uh, that live in our cells. They were co-opted by another type of cell, you know, millions of years ago to help create more energy. Um, we, without mitochondria, we can make a very little energy, but with mitochondria in our cells, we can make tons of energy. And it's got a rotor in it that's, um, I think it's like 60 times powerful than a diesel engine. Um, and you have you know, millions of these, these things going on in each of your uh, mitochondria, really. So it's, um, it's kind of amazing what you're able to do every second of every day. Um, and when it, what happens is when the mitochondria that make all this energy start decompensating for any number of reasons, as I just described, metabolic disease, toxicity, um, infection, inflammation, et cetera, you stop being able to produce as much energy. And you have your most mitochondria in your brain, in your heart, in your liver, if you're a woman, in your ovaries, and if you're a man, in your, in your, in your sperm. So these are very highly metabolic organs. And this is where we typically see manifesting, oh, sorry, and your muscle tissue as well. Um, and so this is the tissue that we see manifesting mitochondrial dysfunction. So if you have brain fog, if you have difficulty concentrating, if you have exercise-induced fatigue, if you have cardiac issues, um, if you have trouble with fertility, both male or female, this could be a mitochondrial issue. And so um, the mitochondria, when they start malfunctioning, um, start also creating more inflammation on their own. So it's a kind of a perpetual cycle that's very difficult to break. And so um, the mitochondria are extremely important, and um, unfortunately, many of us are suffering from mitochondrial dysfunction at this time. Well, you know, from what I've been learning, everything about our culture is um, so harmful to our mitochondria, from the chemicals, pesticides, from... Um, the stress from, you know, medications are disastrous for, you know, pharmaceutical drugs are disastrous Absolutely. for the health of mitochondria, right? So um, no wonder we're suffering really a, a serious depletion of mitochondria. And, you know, learning about the mitochondria, especially that it's in the muscle tissue, has um, spurred me on to really focusing on uh, more resistance training and building muscle mass, especially the older you get, where you tend yes. to lose the muscle mass. You're also losing your mitochondria. <laughs> so that's, that's a great way, you know, to make sure that you keep that little community alive and well. Yeah, the mitochondria, I think in the muscle tissue, the more most mitochondria per cell outside of the, the oocyte, outside of the ovary, the follicle. So it's very highly dense. With mitochondria, you need a lot of reserve in case you have to run from the lion or the uh, the other type of prey animal that used to you know, predator animal that used to prey on us before we had the tools to fight back. So um, the mitochondria are also thought to be um, the source of degeneration uh, if they if they're not working well and cancer and aging, um, and so they are kind of like the hub outside of the DNA and the nucleus of what's happening with your cells. And when 
the mitochondria aren't working, everything else unfortunately stops working as well. Yeah, so it's a really big story, and um, and that's why I'm so glad we had a chance to talk a little bit more about it, so people understand this term mitochondria and pay attention and focus on strategies that help to maintain and rebuild and optimize the function of the mitochondria. You can't have health. You can't have energy if you have fatigue, but, and we're going to talk about, you know, the many benefits of methylene blue for the brain and for other parts of the body, but you you cannot live an optimal life if you don't have a healthy, functioning abundance of mitochondria. But I was listening to an interview the other day and a metaphor for the mitochondria. It's like you have a big black garbage bag and it's filled with little, you know, M&Ms or something, pardon the expression, but it's like it's filled up. It's filled up, <laughs> just totally filled. But that's kind of a metaphor of how many mitochondria you can get a sense of what lives inside each cell. Is that is that would you say that's an accurate metaphor? Yeah, there's. I mean, you have quadrillions of mitochondria in your body, quadrillions. So it's 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 not fathomable how many mitochondria that you have. So it's it's mm-hmm. uh, in some cells you can have up to a thousand or more mitochondria per cell, uh, depending on where the tissue is. So um, it's it's actually pretty. It's just not fathomable for like the human mind to understand exactly how many you actually have, but it's 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 a significant amount. You know, um, we we have so much information now that's emerging about the importance of the gut microbiome and the bacteria that live in our gut, but this is all takes it to a whole other level, doesn't it? Because there are bacteria that live inside our cells, and they're, in, as you were saying, in, in such abundance we can't even fathom this number. And they are responsible yeah. for our life. Yeah, exactly. And if uh, they start dysfunctioning, um, we start we start feeling it very very quickly. Um, even though we have a decent amount of reserve in certain tissue, like your muscle, you don't have a lot more reserve in your brain and. And your brain also requires you know, 20% of your oxygen already. And if the mitochondria aren't able to work there, you're going to start feeling it in your brain usually first. Okay, so let's let's talk about what the, what methylene blue is, and then we can explore why it's so beneficial. Do, would you say that methylene blue is one of the key, um, uh, what would you call it, nutrients? that is essential for dealing with all sorts of brain issues because that's such a topic now. Everyone is feeling depressed or they have some cognitive decline or, you know, other progression of things. Would you say that this is a fundamental piece of that healing process for people, of renewing these functions? Yeah, I mean, I think if you take a step back, right, I mean, you're looking at, there's various different ways to look at mitochondrial function. You can look at what's called metabolomic testing and looking at vitamins, minerals, nutrients, um, how well the energy cycles are working. Are you able to break down your food into the various components, bring them into the mitochondria to make electrons, which is what we need food for, so that can get over to the mitochondria. And the mitochondria has these complexes called complex 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 that allow this gradient to be created so that you can make energy is the short answer. And so you can test for all this stuff and you can take a look and see what's working and what's not working. And so I I usually recommend for almost anybody um, to do this kind of testing at some point. And this is what we do at at the nonprofit, at least the the educational framework uses this kind of testing. 
And when it comes to methylene blue, you know, it's been around a long time. It was, it's been around since the 1890s. It was the first drug registered with the FDA back then. And methylene blue initially was a treatment for malaria. It was an anti-infectious treatment. And we can go into that if you'd like, I think. But the, um, you, know, you fast forward up until maybe the last several decades, and most of us in medical school would have seen things blue-stained under the microscope. And that blue stain is methylene blue. And interestingly enough, where does it stain but actually your mitochondria itself, themselves? And what's happening to the mitochondria when methylene blue is around is that methylene blue has this very interesting quality. It's called an electron cycler. So what that means is that it can donate electrons to the electron transport chain on the mitochondria and help make energy. and can also pick up free electrons, reactive oxygen species, oxidative stress. These are the words that we use for the quote-unquote waste products of energy metabolism. When we, make, when we make energy, we make ATP, our energy currency for ourselves. We also make these waste products. We make, we make water, we make carbon dioxide, but we also make reactive oxygen species. And if we have too many of these, this can cause significant stress to the system. And, and methylene blue has a way of actually neutralizing those reactive oxygen species. So there's very few compounds out there that do both, both increase energy production and also neutralize anti oxidative stress. But I think the key is that methylene blue can help the mitochondria work and make energy, even if some of those complexes aren't working very well. Um, it can actually bypass several of the complexes, actually all of them, if needed, and still give you energy production. And, there's, and that's very rare. Um, and this is very interesting because most of us have mitochondrial dysfunction, as we we're describing. Most of that dysfunction is on complex one or complex two. And this is where you get NAD, and a lot of people have heard of NAD these days, and also FAD. And those are the two electron carriers that it will typically donate to those two complexes. But oftentimes they can get dysfunctional because of inflammation, infection, um, medications, that you, as you said earlier, Cheryl. And so methylene blue can bypass those if they're not working and directly uh, donate electrons to the fourth complex called cytochrome oxidase and allow there to be energy production uh, in, in, as a result of that. So you have this compound that can truly support mitochondrial function, um, even if mitochondrial function is not, is not going very well. And it has a significant ability to make energy by bypassing these complexes, by actually making more NAD, which is really helpful too. And then at the same time, it's helping mop up any, uh, any stress, any reactive oxygen species that it does make from energy production. So it like it, you would say it goes directly to its job. It doesn't have to take any stop, steps along the way. It doesn't have to change trains. <laughs> it just goes directly no. to the destination. No, I mean the only sort of nuance there would be that methylene blue can be in the oxidized or reduced form. Um, it's when we take it as a blue color, it's an the oxidized form, which means that it can actually accept electrons, um, or actually can donate electrons. Excuse me. Um, and so this has got an extra electron there. And so that's why it can be a donating, uh, has a donating capacity, but also can accept electrons as well. And when it does that, it turns into methylene blue called leukomethylene blue, which basically means that it's colorless when that happens. 
and then it continues to cycle, and it stays in the body. If you take it orally, between four to six hours at a time is the half-life. So, so methylene blue, which started out as a you know uh, staining product, a malaria drug, has been rediscovered in a sense to have this powerful regenerating effect on the mitochondria, and therefore producing, supporting the cells to produce the energy they need to do their job so then we can facilitate greater healing and recovery. Yeah, well said. I mean, there's still uh, on the World Health Organization's list, if people care about that, but um, the list of essential medications, um, you have methylene blue still there, actually. Um, and it's there because it's a treatment for something called methemoglobinemia. Uh, which is when the basically oxygen cannot get dumped off hemoglobin. And then there's also um, cyanide poisoning as well. And cyanide actually inactivates uh, one of the complexes on the mitochondria, which makes it dysfunctional or unable to make energy. But methylene blue is able to rescue that. So I hope nobody gets poisoned with cyanide, but uh, I do think that having methylene blue around as an emergency in general is likely a good idea if you have any especially acute mitochondrial stress, but definitely also for uh, for chronic mitochondrial stress. But probably dosing needs to be different depending on if you have chronic mitochondrial stress or if you have more uh, more acute mitochondrial stress for various reasons, which we can talk about if you'd like. Okay. So just to be clear for, for people listening, I mean, this isn't a vitamin. This isn't a mineral. This is actually a lab-created product, right? Yes, it's, it is definitely fully synthetic. Um, it was synthesized as a dye actually for textiles, including blue jeans, back in the mid-1800s. And they somehow figured out that at high doses, extremely high doses, that much higher doses than we use um, at, with my company or that you can even find in most places, um, that it treated malaria because it would concentrate in the malaria parasite itself. Um, and then make it blow up. So, um, and there's a couple different reasons for that. I mean, at <clears throat> at higher doses of methylene blue, like usually over about one milligram per kilogram, so about 60 to 70 milligrams for the average person, you're going to get more production of not only energy but also of hydrogen peroxide. And hydrogen peroxide is most people know about it as an antiseptic, and it works that way um, at the cellular level too. There's various types of different types of bacteria, virus fungus, protozoa, that do not like and cannot deal with hydrogen peroxide and don't do well. So that's why methane blue seems to be very powerful for viral illnesses um, and for, I mean, it was, we were having, seeing some significant success during the COVID pandemic and now in the post-COVID world, actually the dosing is lower for mitochondrial stress rather than sort of acute infection. But um, the hydrogen peroxide itself can be very, very effective. Um, then you can combine it with things like photodynamic therapy or red light um, at high strength, and you can see even more powerful anti-infective capacity at higher doses of, of methylene blue. And, and, and so I think that there is, um, from an infectious perspective, you're making hydrogen, hydrogen peroxide. Um, and when you do that, you're also increasing the antioxidant response of that. Your glutathione level goes up because of various different types of pathways, too. So there's definitely some infectious um, implications there, but also ischemic implications. If people have acute ischemia, there's been so there's been some studies at least in animals with stroke, traumatic brain injury, um, 
other ischemic insults where giving methylene blue in, at higher doses uh, can be very, very helpful in protecting the mitochondria from further damage because, again, we're able to continue to make energy even if they're not working as well under acute stress. Right. Wow. So it has so many key functions. Uh, I recently interviewed Dr. Thomas Leaving. We took we talked all about the benefits of hydrogen peroxide, not just for virus protection, but for overall healing and the benefit of um, of using hydrogen peroxide, uh, nebulizing it actually. So sure. yeah, yeah. it's good to hear that. <laughs> it's really it's it's so profound in the body. So. You know, what we're really talking about are, are strategies to heal at the most fundamental level rather than chasing symptoms, right, and doing lots of approaches and, you know, having a cupboard of lots of supplements, which, you know, they have their place. But, uh, you know, for me, it's let's get to the root cause. What what's, what's going to give us the best outcome? And if we want to incorporate diet, want to incorporate supplementation, it's an adjunct, but we have to get to the bottom line of what's really compromising our health and leading to this many manifestations of this compromised functioning. So that's where methylene blue can play a really big role for people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that it doesn't negate the need to figure out why your mitochondria aren't working so well. Um, certainly looking at testing, trying to optimize them. I mean, and what I've found is that people that are more well-optimized can respond at much lower doses to methylene blue overall. And then we were talking about sort of the acute infectious, acute ischemic kinds of things. But for the chronic mitochondrial stress, uh, lower-dose methylene blue, somewhere like 8 milligrams or 16 milligrams, which is relatively low dose, very low dose actually, can really support mitochondrial function. And I've seen it work clinically where you can really use it at those lower doses while you're doing the, the work of really trying to optimize mitochondrial function by you know, optimizing light exposure, obviously, vitamins, minerals, and nutrients, diet, lifestyle, exercise, like all those things are really important too. But you can use these lower doses um, over long periods of time to truly support people while they're going through the process of optimizing and hopefully improving their mitochondrial function um, with those kinds of mechanisms too. So in your practice, who do you see that can benefit, or do you, would you say everyone can, can benefit? Um, is there any distinctions there? Yeah, I mean, I would say that there are certain people that can benefit more than others, um, given how much mitochondrial stress they may be under. But I, 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 I mean, there's very few people that I don't feel like it's something that they can use at least periodically when they know they're going to be under more stress. Like, if, for example, if you're somebody that goes on airplanes all the time, um, methylene blue is a great protective. It helps protect against radiation and oxidative damage. It helps protect against low oxygen levels. Um, so it could be really nice to use in that capacity. So even if you're truly well optimized and feel great, even on an airplane, it'd be great to use it. Um, I tend to use it more in people that have chronic complex medical illness um, than I do in normal, you know, sort of quote-unquote healthy people. Um, but uh, and that's because, I mean, they typically, that patient population typically needs more support than somebody that is at a higher functioning level. Um, so, but like anything else, you have to be, there are some contraindications to methylene blue. Not everybody should take it. Um, there is a potential 
contraindication of uh, pregnancy. You don't want to be taking methylene when you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Um, you don't. You want to be very careful when you're taking methylene blue with, uh, with SSRIs or medications that block serotonin reuptake because you know, one of the mechanisms we haven't mentioned is that methylene blue is a monoamine oxidase inhibitor and an MAOIB inhibitor. So what that means is that it prevents the breakdown of certain neurotransmitter in the brain, including uh, dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine. So this is where methylene blue has also been studied in depression, in, de in bipolar disorder, and I think these are mitochondrial issues, but they're also uh, issues of neurotransmitter balance. And so I think that's another reason why we see benefit of mood boosting uh, for people who use uh, methylene blue in sort of the mental health space as well. Mm, yeah, interesting. So, so let's, um, let's talk about how it can be used to help with memory and um, with other neurodegenerative conditions. I know that's a big concern for people these days. Yeah, there was a study that was done looking at methylene blue at, at two doses. Uh, the placebo group, the quote-unquote placebo group, got eight milligrams of methylene blue. And then the, the treatment group got over 100 milligrams. I can't remember how, how much. But the placebo group did better than the treatment group. Um, and this is in patients that had Alzheimer's or I think, I'm a, I think mild Alzheimer's disease. And there were significant improvements at the lower dosing. And so the authors went back and realized that there probably was something happening uh, because of mitochondrial dysfunction um, that was better treated at the lower doses rather than the higher doses. The higher doses, again, um, they were probably causing too much stress on the system because a brain that's already um, having mild cognitive impairment already has stress that's ongoing and may not be able to tolerate more hydrogen peroxide production, for example, may not have enough antioxidant reserves uh, to be able to, to, to balance that out. So, um, it, so we know that, you know, the methylene blue has been studied in, at least in that population, with some benefit. And it's also been studied in, in some of the other uh, things I was describing earlier, like at least in animal models with stroke and traumatic brain injury as well. If you can use methylene blue used very soon after a stroke, can actually decrease the infarct size or the size of the, the area of tissue damage from the stroke. Um, it also decreases reperfusion injury, which is an injury that happens when blood flow is, is halted and then restarted after there's been an injury or a blockage to the brain. So I think that what you're looking at really here, I mean, we've already talked about it, but it's, it's either like acutely being able to salvage tissue that's under stress because of low oxygen levels and mitochondria that um, that are that are under uh, risk of, of dying. Um, and under like more long-term situations, it's really helping support mitochondrial function and help with some of the complexes if they're not working very well and bypass the ones that aren't working as, as well and, and truly continue to make energy production or enhance it. And there's actually a guy in Texas, his name is Francisco Gonzalez Lima, He's a researcher at the University of Texas, Austin, and he has done a number of different studies on models of Alzheimer's disease using methylene blue as, as the main treatment or the main therapy in, with animals and also in some human studies and, and showing some really significant benefit there with memory, with recall, um, just to, I guess, to put a fine tune on mitochondria in the brain. You have your most mitochondria in your brain in an area that's called your hippocampus. And this is the area of your brain where you make memories. 
and this is the area of the brain that starts deteriorating faster than other parts of the brain for most people. And so now we have Methylene Blue on board that's helping support mitochondrial function globally, but it goes to where it needs to go the most, where the most mitochondria are. That's so amazing, actually. You know, I'm listening to you, and it's like, you know, do they have methylene blue in hospitals when people are having strokes? And do they? No, they 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 have it in hospitals, but they're not using it for that. They're using it for methemoglobinemia. But I mean, you, I would, it would be. We have really great drugs actually now uh, that you can use to, to bust clots open and to, you know, to, to break things up from a stroke. That's not to say you shouldn't still use methylene blue afterwards, but it's, it's not something that uh, really is being used at this time, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I, I uh, recently interviewed a doctor who I was talking about ending Parkinson's disease. That, that's his book and it's his work. And in the conversation, you know, he, he, you know, he's talking about solutions and all the toxins that are so damaging to the body and to the brain. And uh, we did talk and acknowledge the part of the mitochondria. These are mitochondrial diseases. Parkinson's is a mitochondrial disease. And if we understand that exposure to various chemicals can kill the mitochondria, then it makes perfect sense, right? It's logical how it's going to impact so many areas of the body, including the brain and and, and the gut. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm 100% on that same page there. If you start destroying mitochondria, you're going to have problems. And the brain is a place where you have so many uh, memory, motor function, um, the areas that Parkinson's also, also unfortunately damages, yeah. Yeah, so that's why um, even if you're starting to notice some um, cognitive dysfunction, right? There's so many people say, I just can't remember those words. They don't come out. That's the beginning of uh, depletion of whatever is required in the body to optimize the brain function. So you, that's why we're talking about methylene blue. That would be one of the possible um, choices to make, right? I mean, there are other things with nutrition and such, but where would you place methylene blue in that hierarchy of strategies to use if you're having some, you know, you know, memory loss, you just notice you're not as sharp? Yeah, I mean, I think I put it in the context of it's something you can add on relatively quickly. At the same time, you're looking at in parallel, how can you truly improve mitochondrial function otherwise? How can you work on your diet, your lifestyle, your vitamins, minerals, your nutrients to really support mitochondrial function. Um, so I don't think it's a zero-sum game, but I do think that if you can, you can really truly add it very early on in the process. You have to be very careful with the dosing because some people can be very sensitive to the dose because if your mitochondrial, mitochondria aren't working very well and all of a sudden you start giving methylene blue and you start making more energy, that may not feel good initially. And actually the, one of the main symptoms that – doesn't happen too often, but it does happen often enough that we talk about it, is that even at low doses, if you start making energy in your brain, that can also potentially cause headaches. Um, they're usually mild, but, but your brain's just not used to the energy that it's producing, and so you have to be very slow with your dosing as you kind of ramp it up over weeks to even a month or so to get to a dose that feels more therapeutic, but, um, but, didn't, but you kind of worked on getting your body used to making more energy 
throughout that time frame. And, I mean, it's been pretty amazing, Cheryl, over the years using this particular product. I mean, we're using it like during the COVID pandemic, and now we're using it now in the post-COVID world and patients with chronic inflammation uh, by all intents and purposes, mitochondrial dysfunction. And these are people that have had symptoms for long periods of time. And then after two or three days of methylene blue, like their symptoms sometimes completely go away. And that's just been kind of mind-bending for me and for my team to kind of see this happen. Um, brain fog going away, uh, joint pain going away, uh, blood pressure improving if there's an inflammatory component to it, uh, muscle-induced or um, exercise-induced fatigue getting better. Um, this is, And it's been pretty common for us to see this. And I was just – actually, there was a, a story posted on – my company's Instagram today about a lady that I just spoke to a couple weeks ago with mold toxicity. And, you know, she's been dealing with mold for a while and, and was getting better, but still had no energy. And, and then she started taking methylene blue. In three days, she was back to work after being off for three months. So, I mean, it's pretty amazing what this stuff can do. Um, you know, I think it, and the farther you have to go, like the more dysfunction you have, the more benefit you're going to see. It's It's like if you have if you weigh 300 pounds and you have 150 pounds to lose, it's a lot easier to lose that weight quickly and see a benefit as opposed to if you have to lose that final 10 or 15 pounds. So it's the same deal with methylene blue as well. So you can see a lot of benefit very quickly in people that need it. You know, that's pretty incredible, the story you shared of that no toxicity because that just really knocks you for the loop. So, you know, to have that recovery, <laughs> it's like it's almost miraculous, right? Just so profound. It felt like that. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, that's not normal, right? I, most people that take it will see a benefit. It might take longer for them to see it. It's not like methylene blue is going to immediately give you energy for most people. It's going to be a supportive. It's going to make you feel a little bit better. Your mood's going to be better. You're going to usually it's what I would call it like a like a rear view mirror kind of thing. Like you look back at your day, like wow, I was I was I was less tired. I was my brain was uh, focused for longer. I didn't get the, the energy dip that I typically get at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, those kinds of things. So it's, uh, it's, for most people, it's more like that as opposed to being like, oh, my God, I, I can finally, you know, think for the first time in four years or something like that. Like that does happen, and I've been amazed at those stories, but those are not as common, obviously, as the more subtle but significant improvements. Um, so, Nemeth. We've gotten everyone's attention. Let's let's talk about transcriptions. Let's talk about how to use methylene, where to get it, the kind you want to have, and you know the the best way to get the results. And I, I know I was introduced to transcriptions through a friend, a colleague, and um, it, it's just you know you're doing such great work, and it's um, uh, you formulated it in these what's called a trochee, which we can talk about. Mm-hmm. We don't know that term. So, so sure. let's dive into what proscriptions is, and if people are interested in wanting to explore the use of methylene blue, why proscriptions would be really the best place to go and and to learn, and then if they want to um, experiment and try some methylene blue. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate the the, the platform, Cheryl, to talk about it. I think that the problem with methylene blue is that it's hard to find good sources of it. Um, it's not, it is a prescription. You can get it from a hospital. You can get it from a compounding pharmacy. Um, but otherwise, it's very, there's, you can buy it online too. Um, but we wanted to, we really wanted to create a product that we knew 
would be as high quality as possible. So pharmaceutical grade, uh, well tested, uh, tested third party from our manufacturer, but also we tested again every lot number, that every manufacturing run that we have to make sure that we have the highest quality possible. The challenge with methylene blue is that it can be contaminated. And when it's contaminated, it's usually contaminated with heavy metals like nickel, lead, mercury, and arsenic. So, you know, we didn't want that in the trochees that we were making or in the products we were making. And so we were very clear about our sourcing. It took us another nine months to launch them further than we, longer than we planned because we wanted to make sure we had the right source, that we had the right testing and everything else in place. And so if you can get a good, clean source, uh, we, we felt comfortable giving it to our patients. So, I mean, that's what I use with my patients and my clients in my clinical practice. And, again, a lot of the, the things that you've been listening to, the stories have been from my patients directly as well. So, and then Transcriptions was developed really to become a purveyor of prescription, of pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical grade, physician-formulated and precision-dosed uh, buckle trochies. And a, a trochy is basically a dissolvable lozenge that can be dissolved between your upper cheek and gum. Uh, we have three different products on the market now. We're going to have another couple by the end of the year. Um, trochies are really interesting. They've been developed and they've been used for compounding pharmacies or with com uh, ad com excuse me, compounding pharmacies for many years. Um, what's nice about a trochee is that the ingredients bypass first pass metabolism in your liver, so they get di basically directly infused into the cheek mucosa, into the brain circulation. Uh, but methylene blue is a blue pigment, and it will make your mouth blue if you do it this way. Um, the good news is that methylene blue is very highly bioavailable, which means that it gets uh, absorbed through the body very easily. And so you can just swallow um, our, our pure methylene blue product called Just Blue without any trouble, and it works just as well as long as you do it on an empty stomach. Our other two products are combinations of other ingredients that do better if they're dissolved in the mouth as opposed to just uh, swallowing it, although you can swallow them as well. But the trochee is a great delivery device because um, it's very easy to titrate your dose. So our pure methylene blue trochees called Just Blue are 16 milligrams of methylene blue. And this is a relatively low dose as we've been describing, but for many people, we even start at lower dosing than this, four milligrams which is a quarter of a trochee, or eight milligrams, which is a half, and then slowly titrate up the dose as the mitochondria get used to making more energy. And we're going to be coming out with a professional line in the fall where we actually have a higher dose methylene blue, 50 milligrams, five zero. This is more for the acute indications we were discussing before, acute trauma, acute ischemia, acute infection, acute infl inflammation, where methylene blue at 50 to 100 milligrams is really great uh, to really help at that, at that level. You, just don't want to, you don't want to be taking high-dose methylene blue for long periods of time because it can create more stress on the system as opposed to supporting the system at the lower doses that we use in our consumer-facing facing products. Although we have practitioners all over the U.S., uh, a couple in Australia, actually, in the U.K., and a couple of other locations as well that are using our products in clinical practice, and, and uh, we have a practitioner dashboard and portal for those that are interested in signing up and, and having our products in their offices as well. So is this something people would um, – well, I mean, I, I have one of these trochees, and they're very small, so um, and you can yes. then further you can dissect them, <laughs> cut them back. If, if people are wanting to try them, is it best to start with a quarter of one of these little lozenges and go from I, there? I usually say the, the starting dose could be either a quarter or a half. 
Um, it depends on okay. your sensitivity to things. Um, I've had people that take a quarter and feel like a million bucks, and other people take a quarter and don't feel anything. That's not necessarily a bad thing. But one thing you can do, yeah. which is interesting, is potentially titrate your dose to how blue your urine is. This is interesting, but uh, what we find is that so methylene blue concentrates in your urine. So this blue pigment, this blue compound, um, it's a blue compound with a blue pigment, um, is concentrated in the urine. So you typically urinate out a bluish colored urine if you found the right dose. And what I mean by that is because methylene blue is picking up oxidative stress and inflammation, um, when it does that, it turns colorless. So if you have a lot of oxidative stress and inflammation, you may take this methylene blue and have zero blue urine. That typically means you need to take a higher dose until you start having bluer urine. And I find this is the case for me personally. If I've been traveling, I need higher doses to get blue urine as opposed to lower doses when I'm not traveling. And, and so it's, it's kind of a barometer, and it doesn't – but it's not the only barometer. Like, if you feel great with a half a trochee, but you don't have blue urine, you don't necessarily need to have more on board. But it's, it's one way to kind of look at, is it as a result of the methylene blue's potential to neutralize oxidative stress, and when it does this, it turns colorless, that you don't have blue urine. So I just came back from a trip. I've had to increase my dose more than usual to get to that blue urine as, as my typical dose is about a half. Uh, but now I'm taking a full to get there. So, and, and, that's, and this is common as you have more mitochondrial stresses. You know, your mitochondria are working right. at a rate that you cannot fathom <laughs> is what it comes down to. Um, so it's, they're working at such a fast rate, right? So um, much faster than, you know, that we can even think of, like less than seconds at a time to make, to make energy. So I think it's, I, I don't even know the numbers, but it's, it's very, very fast. Yeah, that's so interesting. So, do you do you think that um, it could be taken on a daily basis, or how how would you recommend for people who are wanting to try it the frequency? Well, I usually recommend people start taking it when they start taking it. Take it regularly. Take it daily for ten days, five to ten days at least, just to get a feel for how it's going to make you feel, and then you can kind of titrate up your dose until you can feel like you see, you feel a difference, okay? Um, and then from there, it really depends on the significant improvements that you get and the mitochondrial dysfunction that you have at baseline. And then you can kind of titrate it from there. So I have, we have some people that are taking it every day. We have other people that take it just a couple times a week. Um, we have people that just take it when they travel. Um, so it really depends on what you need. And you'll, you'll get a sense of it usually pretty quickly as to see what kind of feel or what kind of changes you're going to have, and then you can kind of work on your dosing from there. So sometimes, like, you know, for me, I take it you know, multiple times per week, but I also increase my dose when I'm traveling as well. So. And, and um, you know, you said something a little while back, and uh, it just caught my attention about the exposure to radiation. Yeah. Um, so, so, so all the Wi-Fi technology that we're exposed to and moving up to the 5G and beyond – they exposure to that frequency is another serious um, risk to or danger or harm to your mitochondria, right? Is yeah, I mean, we're, that's why I'm, that's why we're talking about how much mitochondrial stress that we're all under all the time. Everything from Wi-Fi, any to light exposure, 
to, I mean, so many different things, right? So that's why I think that for most of us, I think they could benefit for some amount of methylene blue on a regular basis. I do. And um, just because we're always going to be subject to mitochondrial stress. Um, there was a recent paper that was produced, or, or at least a recent, um, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a, a very well-respected uh, biochemist that was talking about, well, you don't, need, you don't need methylene blue if your mitochondria are working well. I'm like, well, how many of us actually have working mitochondria on a regular basis? I think that's, that's the question, right? And I think most of us are under stress most of the time. Yeah, so you think about our 21st century lifestyle, you know, our, our beautiful high-tech world, but it's a disaster for mitochondria. It's the worst thing we could ever done. Stay inside, exposed to all that blue light, the Wi-Fi, the chunk foods pharmaceutical drugs, and on and on it goes, right? Yeah, and on and on, my goodness, I know. So it's, uh, you know, it's just the way of the world, right? So we have to do what we do, we, we, what we can do to compensate for that. And I think methane blue is one of those potential ways of doing it. I've had a lot of success with my own patients. Personally, um, our, our patients, I'm sorry, our customers at, at transcriptions are, are very happy, especially when they know they don't have to dissolve it in their mouth and they can swallow it as well and still get the same mitochondrial benefits. <laughs> because it does keep your mouth blue yeah. for about three to five hours afterwards. But um, I would say that in certain people that have more cognitive symptoms, dissolving it in the mouth may be beneficial because it will work faster and more directly to the brain, but you do have to deal with a, a blue mouth for four to six hours. So four to six hours. So not 46, but four to six hours. <laughs> but it, it's more a blue tongue, right? I mean, if you let it dissolve. It's yeah, not, blue tongue. Your teeth are not like blue. your whole mouth outside is blue. No, no. <laughs> Unless you're dribbling. I mean, if, no, you don't want to look cyanotic. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not unless you're there for Halloween or something. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, you know, in the in the next in the few minutes we have left, is what, what else do we need to know that you didn't get to cover? Anything else? That's a good question. So, you know, Transcriptions is the name of the company, transcriptions.com. The website, um, it's the word trochee and the word prescription mashed up into one word, transcriptions, because we're making trochees and we're making as prescription grade as possible without requiring a prescription. Uh, I'm excited for where our company is going. We have a practitioner line, as I was describing. Our first practitioner-only product will be methylene blue, 50 milligrams instead of 16 so we're excited about that. I think that you know, the journey of my company is really one of working directly as an, really as a nonprofit organization and then creating this, this company, this for-profit organization, uh, transcriptions to really work with patients real time um, and to really help them now work with customers, obviously not just our patients, but we feel comfortable giving it to our patients as well on how to really on ways to optimize their health and, and really compensate now while you do the longer and the harder work of optimizing over the long term. But also knowing that in some ways it's a losing battle because of the stress that comes with uh, living other places than where you live, Cheryl. So, <laughs> so um, but I, I think that um, I would encourage people to read more about it. I mean, learn more about it. We have more information on our website. There's at the at transcriptions website, there's at least four or five different blogs on methylene blue on the dosing on why we decided on the dosing um, on, on how to think about using it. And then, you know, also know that it's interesting, you know, it was one of the first, there is, there is, it was one of the three compounds, and I can't remember the other two, 
that were listed as magic bullets back in like the late 1800s, early 1900s. And, you know, I think it's not that far away from the truth, honestly, as something you can use magically uh, in some ways it feels like, no matter what the situation, if there's mitochondrial stress, um, and that's almost, I mean, that's so many different things, right? So I think that people should think about it almost always as a way to potentially support their system while they're, you know, hopefully trying to work and remedy things otherwise. Yeah, that's fantastic. A quick question. Um, do you do virtual patients? Can people work with you? Yes. Yeah, so um, my clinical practice is mostly focused on hyperbaric oxygen therapy and also a uh-huh. uh, and also do, doing work on um, the foundational approach that I was describing called health optimization medicine and practice. So what I do is I optimize cellular function, including mitochondrial function, doing testing, it's called metabolomic testing, cellular testing, excuse me, basically, um, gut testing, hormonal testing. I optimize all those levels to somebody between 21 and 30 years of age. And then I add on various things like methylene blue along the way. So um, that's my clinical practice. So they I don't have to see you in person, people. though. They no, have no, this is, all, this is all, I do it all telemedicine. I do all that telemedicine. Oh, telemedicine. Um, oh, beautiful. Yeah, okay. yeah, people can go to my website. It's... Uh, drscottsher.com, D-R-S-C-O-T-T-S-H-E-R-R.com, and you can contact me there. I don't do, at least not yet, methylene blue consultations um, by themselves, um, but maybe that'll change. I don't know. I haven't decided. (laughs) Okay. Depends how busy you want to be, obviously. (laughs) So um, let me give that website again. So if you want to know more about methylene blue or you want to try it, go to Troscriptions, T-R-O-S, T-R-O-scriptions, troscriptions.com. If you want to contact Dr. Sher, it's Dr. Scott Sher, S-H-E-R-R.com. Um, Scott, this has been such an enlightening conversation, and uh, I, you know, I really get your passion about what you do, and I'm so grateful that you are so um, willing to share this information and uh, provide people with these amazing solutions that are transforming people's lives. So uh, so thank you for that commitment, and thank you for being here today. My pleasure. It's, it's been nice to be here. I hope the information was digestible for everybody, and um, I look forward to more conversations, Joe. And I'm uh, going to get on to my methylene blue <laughs> at the end of this conversation. And, uh, and to all of you listening, thanks for being here with this conversation with Dr. Scott Sher about methylene blue. And as always, I'll see you next week and honor the wisdom of your feminine self. Bye for now.